You're listening to episode 64 of Chat About Children with Sonia Bestelich. Let's chat. Discover children at a whole new level. Be empowered to grow with the children in your life. Welcome to Chat About Children with Sonia Bestelich. Hi there and welcome to Chat About Children where we empower you to grow with the children in your life. Today's chat is all about raising emotionally intelligent children. And before we launch into the chat, I'd love to share with you my exciting news that my third book, it's a gift book to all mothers called Flourish for Mums, 21 Ways to Thrive with Self-Care and Acceptance, will be released on 7th of April in all great bookstores, as well as Big W. And you can actually pre-order it now at Booktopia. And Booktopia also has an ebook format online as well. So do check them out. Now, in honor of Flourish for Mums and to acknowledge the importance of self-care, I will be sharing some super valuable weekly self-care episodes on the Chat About Children podcast in the month of April. And I'll also be sharing a special Mother's Day mashup episode in honor of Mother's Day in May. To learn more about Flourish for Mums or for signed copies, do visit flourishformums.com or sonyabestelich.com.au. Now, today's episode, I have a much needed and interesting chat with Jackie Prusha as we explore emotional intelligence. We talk about what the key pillars are that make up emotional intelligence, and we also discuss why it's such an important life skill for us, no matter our age. We do also look at ways to nurture and support our children in developing emotional intelligence. Now, you will hear that Jackie is a very passionate advocate for our children developing positive relationships and generally experiencing healthy human connections. Do remember that show notes are available at chataboutchildren.com. Now, today's episode content does complement or build on top of information shared within the Chat About Children episode 35, Kids and Social Skills. It also complements the episode 42, An Introduction to Emotional Development in Children. Okay, let's get this chat started with Jackie. Jackie Prusha is a special education teacher. She has a Bachelor in Justice Studies majoring in Criminology. She's also a university lecturer in the area of criminology and is an emotional intelligence practitioner and coach and is studying a diploma in leadership and management majoring in emotional intelligence. She shares her expertise as a freelance writer, contributing to Kidspot, News Corp and Thrive Global. Through Jackie's business, Integrity of Heart, she provides one-on-one group coaching and support in the area of EQ for children, high school students and businesses. Jackie has also written a book series called Tessa's Books of Elegance, which are activity and storybooks to encourage girls aged 5 to 12 to show kindness and use their talents and learn new ones. In late 2020, Jackie received two awards from the Osmumpreneur Awards. She came second in the Queensland Author Category and third in the Queensland Author Category for the People's Choice Award. In her spare time, Jackie loves exploring Brisbane and its surrounding areas and, of course, supporting local businesses. Jackie, welcome to Chat About Children. Thank you, Sonia. Lovely to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm excited because today's topic is one that is super important. It's about raising emotionally intelligent children. And it's a topic that has been getting, I guess, a lot of airtime from lots of different angles and I'm really interested to learn 
what you have to offer, I guess, in today's conversation. But before we get into that, I'd love to know a little bit about you, Jackie. Help us get to learn about you. What were you doing that led you toward your special interest in emotional intelligence? Well, um, yeah, as you said, I've been studying a diploma of leadership and management with um, management with um, AIM and the large component of the course um, is on emotional intelligence and how important it is in the workplace. And so I'd heard a little bit about emotional intelligence, but not a whole lot. You know, I kept hearing it um, on different through different mediums in Australia. Um, but then I started to do my own research, and especially in other countries because they've, I suppose, a bit more far advanced in the topic than Australia is, um, unfortunately. But it, and it just showed me how important it was that their children are taught these skills, early intervention as much as possible at home, at primary school, high school, just preparing them in general for life. So. Uh, you know, the more and more I read about it, I just was just so excited because it's just so important. Well, it really is. And you touched on it. It's very much a life skill. It's very, very much a life skill. But one thing you also touched on is you mentioned other countries with a, were a little bit further ahead. Can you tell me why? What areas were they further ahead in exactly? Just realising how important that it is actually based on the research done and uh, implementing emotional intelligence a lot more earlier years ago, actually, from the studies that were done. And yeah, that's why, because they've just, I think they realised just, just how important it was and is and how much it should be integrated absolutely everywhere. It, it underpins everything, really, as the conversation goes on. I hope everybody will understand that after this interview's finished. Yeah. Well, let's start then at the foundation. So what is emotional intelligence? How do you define it? And what are the attributes? Easy and summed up in it's a set of social skills. It usually involves a set of six skills that these skills can easily be learned, which is a good thing. So if, if you think, you know, like myself, oh my gosh, you know, it's too late. <laughs> it's not too late because they can absolutely be learned at any age but easier for children to learn them. So it's a set of skills that help us understand and express and, and manage our emotions in ourselves, most really importantly, and other people. So the aim is to reduce the unproductive influence of that emotions can have and increase the productive influences. And there's six skills approximately because that's uh, the model that I was taught and I, I learned these six skills um, in the Genos model, actually, based on Daniel Goleman. And so there's self-awareness, awareness of others, authenticity, emotional reasoning, self-management, and positive influence. Okay. That sounds like you need to go into each of those just slightly to help our listeners understand what they are. Are you happy to do that now? And that's probably going to flesh out what those attributes are a bit more specifically. Yeah. So self-awareness is well, what it's, what the title suggests, being aware of yourself and how you react to things and how you respond to things and how do you handle criticism and feedback. Um, so it's making yourself very present in regards to when you have conversations with people and about how you perhaps could have done things a little bit better when the pressure's on. Because that's the thing with emotional intelligence. It's when this, the pressure comes on and the stress happens, that's when <laughs> people tend to act in one way or another. And it's getting a handle on those uh, situations at the time. Um, awareness of others is being in, put yourself in other people's shoes and being empathetic to other people, towards other people. And 
Don't immediately judge how someone might react. Things like that, like take all the factors into consideration. Step away from the situation from a little bit before perhaps you, you, you know, say something or do something you might regret. Authenticity is about being genuine. Again, it comes, I mean, all these these three skills are linked. So it comes back to self-awareness of are you really actively listening to someone when when they're speaking? Um, Because that comes across as you're being authentic instead of fake, so to speak. Um, Emotional reasoning. So that is people with an emotional reasoning have a very expansive view of the world and not a very limited view. And they base their decisions not only just on facts, and knowledge, but also take a range of other information and make decisions based on that. So they have an expansive view. Self-management, we've heard a lot about that. And I know, yeah, the word resilience has been, is a hot topic, has been for quite a while. So it's it's about, okay, what am I going to do to help my resilience and self-manage my moods? There's a lot that people can do to do that. And positive influence. So to empower yourself and empowering other people, not being critical, not being judgmental, not tearing down and overreacting. And so they're all linked, really. It's just getting a handle on each one. Yeah, it's knowing what each one is. And as you're speaking, I'm really listening to, well, we need all those components to be able to successfully build a relationship and maintain a relationship. You mentioned earlier those social skills. Would you say that the self-awareness is the fundamental? Because if you haven't got self-awareness, if that's not something you've learned and practiced to a degree, then is it difficult for all the other five kind of skills or pillars to then grow from that? Uh, absolutely. And that's a good place to start with self-awareness because I might be a positive person and in that way, or I might be, you know, come across as being authentic, et cetera. But if I'm still not really aware of how I react and how I'm speaking and how I'm listening and, and my actions, then how can the other five skills come into, you know, to help and to, to play perfectly? Because uh, you've got to start with yourself. You have to and people, not everybody likes to do this because, oh, well, I've been this way for how many years and I'm happy doing it and da 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 but yet they don't, they don't have the results they want in their life. So it's a really good place to start in self-awareness, which I encourage everybody to do. Yeah, and I think as you're speaking, a part of me is going, what does it take for someone to build the self-awareness? Now, today's really about raising emotionally intelligent children, so we're going to be looking at how do we How do we do that with our kids? How do we start to build their self-awareness? Because I imagine emotional intelligence when you're working with an adult is really different to when you're looking at how do we nurture this in our kids. Having said that, what of the parent who um, is listening to this going, I think I'm good. I'm good with all areas because potentially is it subjective, Jackie? You know, can you kind of go, I don't have any issues. I'm good. So-and-so said this about me, but I'm okay. I'm, I'm ticking my own boxes of success. Like how, how, do, you, how do you respond to that? Um, well, again, you've, you know, it's an individual thing and what can you really say if someone says I'm okay and I'm, um, you know, I, I'm completely fine and perfect, which people have said before and I don't, I don't need this and um, where there's other people around them saying, yes, they do, they really do need this. So it's a very delicate uh, topic in regards to that. Um, but it's, it's yeah, I, it, for, for children, it's the, the little, I suppose you have to have the agreement there, you know, from the person 
um, and acknowledgement. Otherwise, it's it's near impossible unless that acknowledgement comes. Um, and so that's that's a that's all you can do really. Um, it's you know for anyone managing emotions and behaviour, it can it can be challenging. And emotion and, and, and moods um, are, can be a very deter- powerful in determining you know whether there's productive or unproductive outcomes. And it, I suppose if someone keeps getting unproductive outcomes, you know, hopefully it will be a sign to say, oh, I might need to change a few things here or might start looking at, you know, myself in this area. Um, yeah. So do you think nowadays for kids, are they, are they more so needing to practice or build their skills in EQ, um, explicitly being taught that? Um, and why do you think that is? Absolutely. Um, You know, today more than ever, I believe it's so important to start teaching emotional intelligence to children because of the rising technology, Um, because effective communication and empathy and um, active listening and real conversations are, are virtually becoming a thing of the past because of the rise of technology. And now I'm not against technology it's, but, you know, it's taken over a lot of real conversations and real relationships and uh, because the relationships predominantly exist online and they're not, they're, you know, they're not a real relationship with, with you know, uh, your challenges and your, uh, which, they, you know, um, face-to-face look, you know, in that way and experiencing life not over, um, you know, a, a laptop or a phone that's really becoming the thing of the past and these skills need to be fostered at an early age with early intervention to create this empathetic culture for the future. So it sounds like I guess the use of technology or an imbalance of the use of technology can be an obstacle to children developing emotional intelligence. Are there any specific technology things that are in your mind when you say technology? Because obviously there's a whole range of things within technology, but is there anything in your mind that's really quite prominent when you say the word technology? Well, it's it's the overuse of it, I suppose, in replace for real relationships. And it, I still believe people should be getting together face-to-face around the family table and friends coming in and having looking and doing things together, whether it's projects together or, you know, just over a cup of coffee or a tea or a games together um, and just having, because it's amazing when that happens, the conversations that can come out of that and they're real relationships. They're not just, well, you know, using emojis, you know, on the phone all the time. I'm sorry, but it does not replace that real relationship and that real conversation. It's all superficial. So, and it's the overuse of it. People need, I really believe, need to come back to actually spending time together face-to-face. Yep. So nurturing human connection would be be your core message here. And particularly with children is prioritising that human interaction time, having quality time together and then looking at I guess those healthy healthy ways that we can incorporate technology within our life because it is part of normal life but I guess if we come back to self-awareness Jackie that would be part of I imagine that nurturing of self-awareness as well let's be self-aware of what is quality time you know, and and perhaps, you know, is it using those explicit words? I know sometimes I do with the kids that I'll make it clear that um, 
all right, well, we'll spend some time together. What are we going to do? Do we want to play board games? Do we want to? So they're becoming aware of, okay, we're spending time together. What can we do? Now, that's not all the time because sometimes you can have good quality watching a show together and experiencing it. But I think the difference there is you're experiencing it with someone and you're talking about it, you're commenting, you're sharing that experience more so. So tell us a little bit more about how can parents and carers start to build that self-awareness of learning, I guess, healthy habits for a balance between, you know, human interaction time and and other time? Well, I think it definitely has to be... um times locked into the schedule for this otherwise weeks and weeks and weeks go past and technology is raising your children for you because everyone these days is so busy 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 well I believe everyone needs to pull back from that busyness and actually lock in time to spend quality time whatever it is whatever you call quality time with your children and having those face-to-face interactions otherwise children can come across now as being if it's too much technology based in their lives disconnected insensitive, limited in how they think, temperamental. They they need different life views other than what they might be reading and seeing and hearing on social media and, and other places like that. They need a good grounding and variety with in regards to their parents and their extended family and friends speaking into their life. Otherwise, we're going to really have a, a future generation that is just really not empathetic has no, you know, I can't have conversation. And and conversation is just so important in what are they going to do when they get to the career that they've chosen and they can't speak to anybody or have proper conversations or or read people's emotions or understand other people or come or communicate effectively themselves. What are they going to do? Send an emoji? It's it's ridiculous. So they really, really needs to start now. Okay. So when we're looking at as a parents, carers, and they have a young family or young children, what is it that we would say, yeah, I can see that my child is developing emotional intelligence. What does that look like in a child? What would they say? What are they doing that reflects healthy emotional intelligence? Well, it would be based on the six skills that I mentioned. So but having that empathy, empathy towards other people, that kindness, that giving nature, not self-focused, having a good worldview, like the world is bigger than, you know, themselves in their own home, uh, things like that. So it's 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 the, the qualities that, are, yeah, kindness and sharing and giving and caring about people and not just self-focused the whole time. That would be a, a good place to start and to encourage all those beautiful qualities in children saying this is how it should be, not this coldness, which I see. So how much of that is going to come through modelling from a parent carer or even an educator and other professionals who work with children? Is that very much going to come through our own modelling of our own emotional intelligence, you know, as whatever stage it's at, but modelling that as best we can, as opposed to preaching to kids about what they should be doing. It's more about watch what I'm doing and lead from my example. Absolutely. Modeling is just so important because that's why otherwise the children will go, well, you don't do it. Why should I? Oh, this is how you reacted to this person or this situation. Well, that's how it is. That's how it's done, is it? And that's the whole thing that I'm saying with self-awareness. And it's just so important that that 
parents and school teachers and other carers and other educators need to start getting well-versed in this now in their own lives because children watch everything, hear everything. They don't miss out on anything. You might think they're not listening. They are listening. And it's just so important because they were like, oh, mummy reacted like that to that person. Oh, mummy saw someone needed help and they didn't, or daddy or the care or Mrs. Mr. Whoever the people are. That's how they reacted. That's how, oh, right. Is that, but they told me I have to do this. Then why should I? So modeling is just so important. And emotional intelligence should be, should be, I believe, a subject at school. And that's just what I think, but it really should. Yeah, that depends everything. Absolutely. It's it's a very, as I said earlier, it's very much a life skill and it takes practice and it takes those, you know, examples. And I feel also, you know, as a parent, there can be so many pressures to be the everything, which, you know, which we're not, you know, parents, no. we are, we're growing and evolving in our own way together with our kids. So I think, you know, what you're saying about modeling is really important, but also being realistic, like within ourselves as parents, just going, we know when we've, when we're doing our best, <laughs> you know, yes, and, that, yeah. and, and doing that again, self-awareness, self-checking in, because I think in a lot of examples, Jackie, and no doubt you see this also, you can have a parent who is, is modeling things appropriately and they do have what might be deemed healthy emotional intelligence. However, their child might not necessarily be at a level where they can absorb from the model. Yeah, that happens really often too. And, and obviously in my line of work too, I see it a lot. You know, there are, yeah. there are some children that would have that difficulty to make the most of the osmosis, you know, of I can yeah. absorb it. And I think it's just being aware of, of the different circumstances that families are in. Yes. And, and I think you're right. The modeling is really important to the best of our abilities, but also looking at what are the individual circumstances. That's, um, that's true. Yeah, because what you mentioned about communication is super important and using that explicit teaching comes in a lot, doesn't it, when you're working with kids? Yes. So tell me how, and you've talked about empathy quite a bit and it is super important. How do you feel it's effective to teach empathy to kids? Yeah, um, well, highlighting the positive, I think, and to be thankful in situations and being thankful is just, again, I'm just a huge believer of being thankful and focusing on the bigger picture outside of yourself and outside of their lives and discuss other people and what's happened to other people and situations. And I suppose it comes back to, again, conversation, have that, ask the questions, you know, start, I, I, we made a point um, with our children to actually, you know, do things for other people, not just talk about it, not now and then, but actually make a point of, you know what, what can we do and have a conversation? What can we do to help this group or that group or this person or a neighbour or someone we heard about in another state or saw on TV? Let's send them something or let's, you know, ask them, can we help in any? So it's actually, I believe, the adults, again, modelling that empathetic behavior and getting them used to the fact that the world does not revolve around them and to actually physically do things and, and involve them in it not what well, we're just doing this well what's your ideas because children they're people too they have Absolutely. wonderful ideas wonderful ideas they're things that I would never have thought of 
And I often consult my children and have done and, you know, put their input into many things that we have done. So, yeah. Oh, I'm with you. And I love that. We learn a lot from our children and that what you've described there about including them in decision making and in discussion. I personally think that's just a very respectful thing to be doing. It doesn't mean you're a pushover parent. It means that no. you're, it means you're listening and acknowledging and giving that attention to what they are saying. And as adults, we also, we want to be listened to, you know, and yeah. kids are no different. So, so that's a, a really valid point. Now you're talking about your girls and, you know, kind of actioning things to really take empathy away from kind of the surface level of, okay, oh, this has happened, oh, that's terrible. Can you share with us an example of maybe something you and one of your girls or your girls, what have you actually done? Tell me a little bit of a story about how you've actually put empathy into play in real life. Well, these days, I don't know if people, well, for me personally, where you live in the street or the street over, you don't necessarily get to know all the neighbours or people aren't as, I believe, friendly anymore. As Well, I grew up in a country town, so everyone was always coming over, dropping food off or saying hello, having a cuppa. My grandmother would always have just loads of biscuits made ready for anyone who dropped in and it was just that kind of community. Nowadays, I believe I don't, in the city where I live particularly, I don't <laughs> really think that that happens much. And so, we had an opportunity, we went to this bakery and said, can we please just have any leftover bread because they were throwing it out or any products. And they were like, yeah, sure, we can. not a problem. So all the children actually, my four children and my husband, we picked it all up and then just started knocking on people's doors within our little neighbourhood and just saying, hi, how are you going? Would you like some, you know, and people were just, some of them very suspicious, <laughs> but other people were really appreciative and started to make conversations and are telling us things that had just happened or how thankful they were. And it was a really lovely time for us that we all had together as a family. And, you know, it, it took a bit of stepping out to do it and to knock on someone's door <laughs> because it's just not the done thing these days in the city. It's, it's really not. And we're standing there with big bags and they're like, who are these people with big bags or what? What's going on? So, yeah, it was a really, really excellent time. We got to know a lot of people through it. And, yeah, it was one of our cherished memories, actually. I love that. So now when you're looking at, and I'll call it actioning empathy, and that is one way to raise and nurture emotionally intelligent children. So we've got active ways to action empathy, and that's certainly one way. Have you found that your kids have have done it? Even It can be small ways, but have they started to now take that on board in a more natural, spontaneous way? Is that what you've seen with your own children? Always, absolutely. They're always willing. They keep their eye out and just see if anyone needs help and just absolutely love starting conversations with people and doing anything they can. And it's just so wonderful, the effect of that, um, because there was a lot of other things that we did as well. And to see them now as they're a bit older do that in their own lives, it's just a beautiful seed that was sown earlier and it's really, yeah, it's really come to pass now and hopefully we'll pass it on to their children. Yeah, lovely, lovely. So how, I mean, we've talked a little bit about how we can tell if if someone is lacking that emotional intelligence to a degree. And I think the teaching will come in different ways depending on the individual. And we've covered that as well, whether it's through modeling and sometimes through explicit teaching, which I imagine you would do quite a bit. I've done quite a bit over the decades when children do need, and sometimes you know adults as well, that additional support with explicitly knowing and breaking down the elements of 
social skills or emotions, etc. So we've got the explicit language to help teaching. We've got the actioning of empathy in real life. And you've given a lovely example there as well. Would there be one other kind of top emotional intelligence strategy or way to nurture children? with their emotional intelligence? I think failure is a big one as far as teaching them, you know, it's okay to fail. It's a good thing if you fail because you learn from your mistakes. Not that we want them to fail all the time. However, failure can be associated with self-worth and it's got nothing to do with self-worth whatsoever. And I really believe teaching them to respond effectively to that and positively to that and also to with criticism. And this all comes under having that resilience as well, to sort out the criticism from well-known trusted sources to other sources that are not very trusted and to look at the positive as much as you can in everything. But yeah, if to fail, it's okay. It's all right. It doesn't matter. It doesn't mean anything. You just try it again in a different way, you know, and don't throw in the towel and just say, oh, I'm such a bad person. I'm hopeless. And, and you know, the self-talk that comes with that shouldn't be there. It should be right. Well, let's have a look at this again. Let's, you know, have another go in a different way. What could we do different? And because that's what successful businesses do. Because they fail, they don't just go shut up shop, that's it, goodbye. And same with individuals. It shouldn't be that way. Yep. So it sounds like that response to failure and building their ability to respond to what's deemed failure. And I say what's deemed failure because that's different for everyone as well. Yeah, looking at how to respond. and, And there again, you've touched on the modeling. So how do we respond? And I think sometimes what's important here, and I'm going to throw it in here, is that if a child, you know, comes and says, well, um, you know, I failed at this, at this test, I'm so dumb. I think that a natural response is often like, you're not dumb, you're this, you know. And so we tend to jump in with, I guess, almost just kind of dismissing what they've just said and go and trying to convince them almost of something else. Like we might know that they're actually not, they're really clever. And I'm bringing this, this part up because I feel like often it can be lost in daily interactions and they're wonderful opportunities where we can respond with what we were talking about before, empathy. So when a child might, whatever it is, oh, I failed, I'm so dumb how do we respond to that rather than initially just going, no, you're not. Can we actually go, I know you're feeling that way right now. Yeah, absolutely. I would keep the questions to open questions and say, you know, well, why would you say that about yourself? What makes you think that? And rather than going, no, you're not, everything's perfect. Like I used to parent like that as far as I wanted everything to be perfect. It's okay. We're going to fix it. I'm going to fix it. You don't need to feel this way. You know, you'll see, you'll see, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. But it it just masked the problem and it didn't help at all. And through conversations and asking questions, asking the right questions, asking open-ended questions and not just telling them how they feel or saying, well, as you said, you know, like, no, you're not, that doesn't help at all, at all. So, and to actually get to the bottom of why they think that way and then go from there. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Because I think that is, it's a, they come up a lot, those opportunities that yes. we can certainly make the most of doing that active listening and reflecting back so that we acknowledge, you know what, they're feeling crap about themselves. And sometimes when we say, you know, it's like, I can see you feeling crap about yourself. And then as soon as you've done that, the child and even adult just goes, thank you. You understand me and you validate how I'm feeling right now. And then, as you said, you then layer on top of that, 
with then just, you know, gently moving into other questioning. And what I like about that approach is also that they're coming up with, they're processing them themselves, their emotions, they're coming up with their own reasoning, as opposed to being told how they are feeling. They're doing their best with that. That's right. And I, I know I'm talking a lot here, but you know, it's no. a topic I'm, I'm very passionate about. I think together with that, and I'm considering, you know, people listening whose children might not have the language skills and the sophist, you know, the sophisticated vocabulary necessarily to be able to, to do that process. I feel like that's where we do our best in using some simple emotion words that we're pretty confident will match where our child is at so that we're helping them to build that vocabulary, that emotion word vocabulary. So they start to understand, okay, this is what I'm feeling in my body. And okay, that's the word that links to it. Yes. And that's real life. That's real life because you see what gets me upset about social media is it's not real life a lot of the time. A lot of time it's, look, everything's perfect, everything's wonderful. I look like this, I'm here, I'm doing this, I have an amazing life when really sometimes it can be the absolute opposite and that's what I can't stand. It's a big fantasy and teenagers and children see that and go, I want that. And it's just, it can't be attained, it can't be attained. It's not real life. It's not real life. Yeah. And I think the positive flip side to that, and I completely hear you, is that there is more awareness and conversation around that quite a bit. So I feel like our kids and my kids aren't yet at high school, but they're not far off. But I can already hear within them that they're very aware that they're not really involved in social media, but for them, they're very aware that it has specific uses you know, for us, we talk about it as this is a tool we use for work. Yes. And so we talk about how it's used differently. Yes. And I think that kind of conversation is really important. It's great, though, that what you mentioned before, and one of the skills of emotional intelligence is authenticity. And what I'm seeing more and more with social media is there that word is coming out quite a bit. And there is a little bit more sharing of what is real life. Because I think what you're saying is spot on. There's all this frustration and all these causes for all sorts of issues going on in real life because of what was on the online life. Yes. And so it's been quite reassuring in some ways that there's an awareness of the differentiating factors and that there's a little bit of a change in what people are posting so that they do appear more balanced. Have you seen that shift? It's slow, but it's gradual. Would you agree? Yes. Yeah, I have. I have seen it slightly, which has been a good thing. And I'm hoping it really continues because I think it's really going to help the youth of the future. So we'll see what happens. Well, we all just play a little part in that, don't we? Yes. We all play a little part in that. And as you say, and through the work that you do, it's just kind of chipping away and you do wonderful work, you know, with businesses or with educators. And then it it kind of, it all plays a part in us, you know, collaboratively doing that. So that's reassuring. We just got to keep at it and just, again, ourselves, check in with ourselves about authenticity. Does this reflect and how does it reflect the true me so that I am representing things in a realistic way? Yes. So, yeah. So wonderful. So I'm I'm mindful of time, and we could be chatting for a long time here, Jackie. Yes. So, and, <laughs> and we've talked about opportunities in the day to day. Obviously, how do we respond when a child is feeling they've failed or they're a bit down on themselves? How can we be proactive in our day to day in demonstrating empathy and looking for opportunities to be proactive in actioning empathy, and in our day to day again? 
building self-awareness and building it in kids is going to come a little bit through, as you mentioned before, reflecting back to them, perhaps what they may not see within themselves, but in a very much a facilitating way so that we're not telling them, but we are guiding them. Is there anything that you wanted to add to that in terms of the day-to-day opportunities to keep nurturing emotional intelligence? Not really. I mean, I know life is can be full of stressful situations and, you know, real life happens to people and it's best to live in that reality of knowing that and helping children to deal with it as best we can if we are self-aware and if we are having, you know, on top of our self-management, then we can help them the best that way. Um, if we're not, and if we're not present and if we're not listening and if we're not noticing and being aware, we're just going about our day-to-day business, focusing on ourselves and they're just there and, you know, as long as you've fed them and dressed them and you've taught them this and taught them that, well, there's more to it than that. So to be aware, I think, is the most important thing. Absolutely. Yeah. So are there any resources or websites that you can direct us to that you might recommend that you found are really valuable? I would start with the Daniel Goleman model on emotional intelligence. And there is just a host of things out there for parents to tap into just to start doing small things, small steps. It can be quite overwhelming when you take it into consideration and and start reading about it. However, it doesn't have to be if they just start with very, very small steps just a little bit at a time and, yeah, start reading his research and I would go from there. And then, of course, you know, adapt what is suitable in regards to ideas to your own family, your own lifestyle through that. But as long as you start, as long as you do something now, because it's just so important for their future. Definitely. Now, look, before we go, I I do want to talk about very quickly your book series, Tessa's Books of Elegance, because they certainly do require some attention in this conversation, Jackie. I'd love to know how the book series came about and why. Yeah, well, I was doing a art and craft group uh, with a group of girls for about six years, and it wasn't just art and craft. It was, uh, we did the most amazing projects. We did metalwork, woodwork. We did all sorts of things, just brilliant things. And what I noticed was, yes, they enjoyed doing those activities, but the conversations that came out of doing those while we were doing those activities and then afterwards for the parents to go away and, you know, bring up conversations again and expand on them was phenomenal. It was really excellent. And the encouragement and the kindness that occurred within doing those activities and I thought, this has to go into books for children. So every book contains activities that we've actually done together with a group of girls and the the positive results that came out of it was absolutely phenomenal. And just an example, I was at a a book launch and with my books, a grandfather came up and bought, because I have two in the series at the minute and the third one's about to be released, he bought two of the books for each of his granddaughters. And then he calls me a little while, about a few weeks later, and I'm thinking, oh, right, okay, this is interesting. I just wonder why the grandfather's calling me. And he rang me to thank me. Thank you so much. Your books have brought out so much in my in my granddaughters. He goes, guess what I'm doing at the moment? And I said, what? And he goes, I'm icing cupcakes because I've been delegated this by my five-year-old granddaughter, and she's got everyone doing, every, you know, all sorts of things for this tea party, and it's brought out so many skills that we did not know that was there in my granddaughter. We want to thank thank you so much. And I was like blown away. Like that was the ultimate outcome for me that there's talents there 
in girls and they just need to be and all children need to be brought out to learn new ones and that's what the heart of every book is to develop those talents and to get together and have conversations while you're doing the activities in my books. Beautiful and it does it very much links into our chat today when we're looking at you know quality time and and activities that we can do together and and how that really strengthens relationships it all circles back to that you know reinforcing and strengthening relationships and and maintaining positive ones yes it's been an absolute pleasure Jackie I'd love to know what's coming up on the cards for you Yes, well, I've started my coaching business in emotional intelligence with Integrity. It's called Integrity of Heart, which is very exciting. And with the Tessa's Books of Elegance, my third book is about to come out, teaching girls about colour, our children about colour and colour themes and how to uh, make things for their bedroom, uh, the decor. And I'm also doing a bedtime series, focusing on kindness and giving and empathy and things like that. I took books for them to read before they go to sleep. And I'm also getting the fourth one illustrated and I'm writing the fifth book in the Tessa series. So I'm quite busy at the minute focusing on that, which is exciting. That's brilliant. And can I just state the obvious here, but certainly all your books are a very obvious teaching tool. When we talked earlier about empathy and all the other sub-skills of emotional intelligence, they are books, as always, are an amazing platform for teaching and for open discussion yes. and for that explicit, you know, conversation. So Absolutely. thank you so much for all your thank wonderful, you. wonderful work, Jackie. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you today. Thank you for having me, Sonia. Some very important messages shared there with Jackie Prushar. Do remember to check out the show notes at chataboutchildren.com and also remember to leave a rating and a review of the Chat About Children podcast. Also, I'd love for you to share this episode with family, friends and with colleagues who you know will benefit from the information. Thank you so much for joining me. I celebrate you and look forward to chatting soon. Thanks for joining the Chat About Children with Sonia Vestalich, www.chataboutchildren.com.